On this week's episode, we welcome Miss McGill. Miss McGill, how long have you been with your family's Jackson and McGill funeral home? 36 years. Why is it so important to execute a last will and testament? Well, a last will and testament is important because whatever's going to happen with your estate uh, will be determined by what's in that will. When there is no will, when you, die, when you die intestate, then there's an automatic division of your properties with, if you have a spouse, a spouse and those children. And that may be children who are living with you or children who are outside of your home. So uh, if a person wants to make sure that the properties, whatever uh, values they have, are disseminated properly, you're going to have to specify what you want done with the things that you're leaving behind in a will. Why is it so important to have your documents and papers organized? Because once you are incapacitated or once you pass, you're going to put your family on a scramble in the midst of grief to try and figure out the business part of this process of um, bereavement. There's always business involved when someone dies. And yes, it's very emotional, but there's business that has to take, be taken care of. And if the person, has, the person responsible has no way of knowing where the insurance policies are, where the will is, or even, even if there is a will, um, and certainly if people are uninsured or underinsured, the family has not only the stress of the death that's occurred, but they also have the stress of the financial uh, obligations that have to be met to take care of the funeral expenses. Why is it always best, if you can afford it, to pay for all of your arrangements in advance? Well, we have a beautiful thing in this industry called pre-need insurance. And pre-need insurance actually is a way for family or person I have a pre-need insurance policy on, on myself. I've locked in the price for my service. A lot of people think the funeral director doesn't have a funeral bill. My father owned the funeral home and had a funeral bill. You understand? Mm -hmm. My mother owns the funeral home and she's going to have a funeral bill. She has a pre-need in place. Because we're not just, funeral directors are kind of like event planners. We have a lot of people we have to pay. And those people are not going to wait on their money. And so, you have to make sure that you have money in place, even if you're the owner, to make sure that those things can be taken care of. Now, the public at large, the reason they need to go ahead and do things in advance is because, number one, your family will have no clue if you don't say so what you want. They may overspend because they're emotional. And if you wait, you'll be paying prices that are way above, uh, say for example, if a person has an option today, to do a pre-need, but they pass on it and they live another 25 years. Now you have all of the inflation that's going to occur for the next 25 years attached to what, what you could have locked in. And so, what, and so what you're mm -hmm. saying here, if I bought my priest, my funeral cost 25 years ago, it doesn't matter what the economy is, how much price may escalate, that cost will still be the same today. It will not change. Right. That's how pre-need insurance works. Mm -hmm. And so what we have to do is always make sure that we are trying to get the best return for the money that we invest in anything. 
and funerals are no different. So that's what I do is I try to encourage families, go ahead now, get that insurance policy if you can afford it. Or you can pay the cash up front, whatever they Pay the cash pay up it. front. Yeah. And a lot of families are finding themselves um, having to do, uh, if they couldn't do the insurance, they're having to do annuities, pre-need annuities, because in our environment, our, in, our, in our country, or at least with this, the disability system and the nursing home system, assisted living uh, facility system, uh, families can only have a certain amount of money or a person can only have a certain amount of money in an account if they're going to receive public assistance. And so it's a way for you to, if you do have money sitting in an account, to protect it so it's not taken back by the government or taken by the nursing facility or whatever um, agency is going to be working with you, you can actually put that money in a pre-need and it's protected from spend down is what we call it. Spend down is where you have to spend your money down under that $2,000 threshold mm -hmm. before you be penalized. Um, everyone who's on like disability or um, who's in a nursing facility, for example, they have to have an audit periodically. And if they're over that $2,000 threshold, even if that $2,000 is cash value in an insurance policy they may have, they have to cash that money out and spend it down to well under the two thousand right. dollar mark mm -hmm. in order for them to get their benefits. So there's a, a great benefit in doing pre-need because number one, if you need to go and spend down, it's a safe place to put the money. If you just have some money and you want to make sure that that money can um, get the, the most value, put it in a pre-need, a single pay. Or if you just want to pay along and along, this is an insurance policy that has a termination point. You can do a three-year policy, a five-year policy, or a ten-year policy if you want to stretch it out over time. But after your term, it's done. The funeral's paid for, it's locked in, and your family, all they have to do when something happens to you is set the date and time for the funeral, basically. Why is it so important to update your beneficiaries? Whew. It is very important to update your beneficiary because Sometimes the people we have as beneficiaries become unreliable. Uh, you can, especially if, you're, if you leave a child, say, a beneficiary. A child who was really responsible at age 20 may not be responsible at age 30 or 40. Their situation could change. People suffer, suffer, suffer all kinds of uh, changes in their lives. They could marry someone who's not going to do right by you should you mm -hmm, die. Mm -hmm. So the thing of it is you have to constantly as a parent, as an insured period, constantly reevaluate the, the suitability of the person you're leaving as a beneficiary because at your death, that's their money. And if they decide to go another way with it, you're just left at the funeral home and your family's trying to figure out what to do. So you're saying you should plan your final arrangement. Yes, sir. I've had mine planned since I was 18 years old, and I'm 54. Wow. That, now, that's what I said. Talk about what is the difference between, talk about a living will and a living trust. Okay. Now, that is beyond my pay grade, but <laughs> I, will, I will speak to it a little bit. Okay. Well, let's start with the living will. Okay. A living will. Now, you do have a living will with a medical directive. Um, that kind of living will I'm very familiar with because I help people with them. But that's the living will that tells someone if you want resuscitation, if you want to uh, be artificially uh, um, 
maintained in an unconscious state. Or donate your organs. Or donate your organs. So that living will basically covers the medical directives. Now, there is a living will that handles um, assets, and your attorney is the person that you need to really speak to about that. I'm not an attorney, but I always tell people, look, you want to make sure that you have access because a will takes the care of things after you're gone. But your living will is how things are going to be handled while you're here. You know, one, one thing I, I, I like, you know, um, what is some of the, how much has COVID changed the deaf industry? Ooh, it's made us very creative. Mm. Uh, and I know at our own firm, Jackson and McGill and Marion, we had to find a way to really uh, reinvent ourselves. Uh, because churches were closed, uh, we didn't have churches, we didn't have musicians, we didn't have all the, the traditional trappings that we have for funerals. And we still had the need to give a person a thoughtful, sensitive way of getting closure when their loved one was to pass. And so we actually hired musicians, we paid for live streaming for families with family members who could not travel because of the travel bans that we had in place at the time. Um, and people who were just afraid to travel, you know, because it was a very, very um, scary time prior to uh, vaccinations and all the things that we have in place now. It's not to say we should, you know, not be cautious, but the thing is we're a lot more comfortable now than we were, say, three years ago when you see in New York truckloads of body bags and this kind of thing. I mean, we at our own firm, we had to actually create new rooms for holding bodies. And well, what about those bodies that sometimes people can't pay for? Well, I'm going to tell you what. We've, we, the Bible says the poor you have with you always. Mm -hmm. And I don't mind the poor, but I do mind the irresponsible. And so we have always been, we've always tried to, even with my grandfather, Mr. Henry L. Jackson, who started the firm 95 years ago, grandfather was always sensitive to the needs of the poor and the needy in the community. And we will always be that way. But I have, I take issue with people who can go and do anything that they want to do. And then when it comes time for, uh, when they pass, here their family is scratching around trying to, you know, get the community and the funeral home to foot the bill for a person who really gave little thought to the kind of condition they would leave their family. So I try to educate. Um, good thing about social media, Facebook, things like that, is you can actually speak directly to the community. And a lot of people have come to me and said, you know what, I'm going to get myself together. I'm going to do better. Thank you for listening to this week's episode.